Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, let's get back at it. Flyers Daily for Friday, November 12th. Flyers back in action tonight to take on the top team in the Metropolitan Division where they're off to a great start. How about the Carolina Hurricanes? 11 games played. They have a record of 10-1, and 20 points now on the season. Flyers right now sitting in that sixth spot in the division as the New Jersey Devils. Wow, they, are the Devils for real? Do we have to start considering the Devils for real? A record of 7-3-2, and two, and they beat the Islanders last night. Maybe the Devils are for real. And they got some injuries they're dealing with, too, with Jack Hughes and some others. So uh, the Devils all of a sudden move two points ahead of the Flyers. But it's the Flyers and Canes tonight. First of back-to-back games, Carter Hart will get the start tonight, and that would make me tend to think that Martin Jones will get the start tomorrow with the back-to-back against the Dallas Stars, who are not off to a great start this season. Matter of fact, a couple games under 500, 4-6-2 through 12 games. But tonight, it's the Canes. It's Rod Brindamore on the bench. It's the Flyers and the Canes, and the Flyers will look to rebound from a loss Uh, like they've done in every situation so far this season. They've been able to bounce back from losses, and that's a good trait to have. Tonight, it's a tough task. On the road against the top team in the division, one of the top teams in the NHL, again, with that record of 10-1 and through 11 games. Other situations this year where the Flyers had to bounce back, uh, opening night, they had to bounce back from that loss against the Vancouver Canucks. They did so with a 6-1 win over the Seattle Kraken. Then the last game of that four-game homestand that opened the season that lost 4-2 against the Panthers. They went on the road for their first back-to-back of the season and beat Edmonton and Vancouver. Then they lost the last game of that road trip against Calgary 4-0, came back, got a 3-0 win over the Arizona Coyotes. They lost to the Penguins in overtime, came back, got a win on the road against the Washington Capitals 2-1. And of course, they lost on Wednesday night uh, 3-0 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And tonight, a chance to bounce back on the road against Carolina. Now, most of those bounce-back situations have been against pretty good teams. The Capitals, really good team. 2-1 tight win. Uh, The Coyotes, not a good team. They came back and they won that game after the road trip. They came out after that Panther game and beat Edmonton, another one of those teams that's off to an absolutely bonker start to the season. And then also uh, the Kraken with the first loss, uh, Seattle, Expansion team, more in the expansion model, obviously, than Vegas was a couple years ago. So it's Flyers, Carolina tonight. And also coming up on Monday, it's a busy hockey week coming up. You got the game on Friday. You got the game tonight against Carolina, tomorrow against Dallas, the alumni game on Monday. The Flyers take on Calgary next Tuesday, start a three-game homestand Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And Monday night, as I alluded to, is the Flyers alumni game. The rosters are out. The teams are out, as a matter of fact, and real interesting uh, matchups here. Team Holmgren, how about this? Eric Lindros centering John LeClaire and Scott Mellenby. Second line, Adam Hall centering Scott Hartnell and Joffrey Lupel. Ron Sutter centering Scotty Upshaw and Dave Brown. And Todd Fedorik, an extra forward there on that group as well. Mark Howe, Dan McGillis, Joe Watson, Darian Hatcher on D, and Robert Esch and Neil Little will share the goaltending duties. Team Tockett. How about Danny Briere centering Simone Gagne and Mike Knubel? Pelly Eklund centering Brian Propp and Lindsey Carson. Mitch Lamoureux centering Donald Brashear and Reggie Leach. Riley Cote uh, also listed as an extra on that squad. And Chris Terrian, Shell Samuelson, Brad Marsh, Nick Schultz, the defenseman. And uh, he was here for a brief period of time. Mike McKenna 
will be the only goaltender on that team. So he gets the full 60. It'll be Team Holmgren wearing the black uniforms versus Team Tockett wearing the orange uniforms coming up on Monday night. And one of those players I just alluded to is going to be playing joins us on this episode of Flyers Daily. He's a legend, and he was one tough, tough, tough dude from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He was taken by the Flyers in the seventh round in the 1982 draft. It is Dave Brown, and he joins us now. Brownie, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How you doing, Jason? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great, and you know the season's underway, and things feel a little bit more normal, don't you? You're traveling again. That feels normal, right? Yeah, it is. It's good to be back out on the road and uh, watching games in person and not on TV. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to see. Kind of like scouting is kind of a fraternity too, so you get to see everybody and that. It's easier to get news and to move around and that. So it, it's somewhat back to normal now. And uh, I'm happy to be out watching games. How much more difficult was it? I mean, trying to watch, you know, the intricacies and the details of of players, you know, coming up and players around the league is difficult to watch on video because you're beholden to what's being shown to you. And you sometimes you like to look, just look at body language in moments when players don't have the puck or aren't in the game. How much more difficult was that for you? Uh, it's very difficult because you only see what they like you said, what they're showing you. Yeah. There's so much more behind the play that uh, that you don't, you know, you can't pick up. That's important, you know, how guys change, um, you know, who's following up, following up the play, who's back checking, who's not, you know, when they, they're, they're circled on the puck, there's only a small area that you can see. So it's very difficult to evaluate players. Yeah. Back pressure is like, the most important thing in the world, in my opinion, and yeah, back checking, you're never out of the play. Cause you never know when you may come back into the play. Yeah. Um, um, Brown, you're, you're playing in the, in the alumni game. First of all, how often do you yeah. get on skates? Not very often, but uh, <laughs> actually lucky enough to have a rink that's about two miles from my place. So every time I, I play an alumni thing, I make sure I can stand up on my skates to go for a little tune up. And that was last week. So I'm ready to go. <laughs> go out and twirl around a little bit and just, do you, do you have any new equipment or are you still wearing like the stuff that you retired in, in back in 96? Now the same stuff. Skates <laughs> are still okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got one pair of skates that's falling apart, but their pair is okay. Same, <laughs> same pants, same uh, elbow pads. I don't have any shoulder pads anymore, but. Uh, you barely wore them when you played. Yeah. There was, um, yeah, I pretty much got everything from when I played. Um, helmets have fall apart, though. I got new helmet stuff. So, I mean, I don't play very much. I play like once a year now, maybe. So, but it's it's fun. We're looking. I'm looking forward to it. Do those gloves still drop off your hands real easy? Uh, we don't have to do that anymore, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could get them off quick back in your day, though. Like it was just like snap, uh, gone. Was, yeah, was it was like a tearaway job. NBA uniform. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the job. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fun, yeah. How do you much? How much do you miss playing? Oh, I miss playing, yeah. I mean, especially for the first five years that I was retired, too. Like, you still think maybe you can play a little bit, you know? Um, that was the hardest part. But I think every hockey player that played in the NHL misses it. I mean, and just for the, you know, being around guys. And, and you know, we, we've done it since we were kids. I mean, since we were, what, uh, three or four years old, we're playing hockey. So it's our life. And, and it's uh, you never get that out of your system. I got news for you. I play with a lot of guys still that never made it to the NHL and we all miss that. 
Like it, like you know, you think back to when you were a kid. I mean, you grew up in Saskatoon. I'm, it's the first time I ever heard of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, when yeah. you came on the scene. I was like, "What is Saskatoon? Like that's crazy sounding, right?" Yeah. But like yeah. you remember as as you know, growing up and playing, you know, youth hockey and pee wee and all of that stuff. That like you look back and like those are like your best memories with the boys in the room and going away on tournaments and running around the hotel, all that stuff. Like you miss it so much. The, the camaraderie is the best part. Oh yeah, just being around the guys and that, just being part of a team. Yeah, being part of a team that's trying to win a hockey game, you know. And um, you know, it was fun. It was just, uh, you know, it was. I mean, growing up, I never thought I was going to play in the NHL. I just was playing hockey to have fun with my buddies and and playing a team game. And you know, that's what we did. I mean, uh, that's what we did in our extra time when we weren't going to school and that. We were out playing hockey, and. All the Canadian kids were doing that, you know, we grew up with. So it was just something that you did. It was part of life up there. When did you know that it could be a career, though, that it was maybe it was a little bit different for you, that you were a guy that all of a sudden you're going, wait a minute, I can maybe make a career out of this, play pro, get to the NHL and see this dream that at one time maybe I thought was unreachable. When did you realize that? Maybe this is reachable for you, and ultimately, well, I, I thought when I when I got drafted by the Flyers, then I thought I don't know if I I guess I you could say I thought I had a chance, but really after the first year that I played in Portland, Maine, that was when I thought I had a chance to really play. Before that, no, I didn't think so. Um, I played because I wanted to play because I enjoyed playing and and wanted to be just part of a team and have fun and. And um, that, but I think to that point, then I thought I had a good enough year that I thought, yeah, you know, I'd already been to one training camp, uh, one pro camp with the Flyers and that, and, you know, you get a feel for where you are. And I think after that year, I thought that's when I really thought I had a chance to play in the NHL. When, when you get drafted in 1982, you're taken in the seventh round. First of all, it's 140th overall. So that's a different seven. That'd be like fourth round now <laughs> because there's so many teams, right? Yeah, but I think with, there was what twenty teams, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah. before you know the Florida explosion came in, and, yeah. and many others. But when you get drafted to Philadelphia, Brandon, you're not oblivious to the the you know the identity of the franchise, of not. and you you knew you know the role that you played for so many years as a guy that was an enforcer and could play, but also you know had to keep guys in line. So when the Flyers draft you, what kind of goes through your mind you know immediately upon getting drafted by that team because the shoe fit. Well, I knew what it, I knew what their identity was. I mean, we used to watch. There's a lot of guys that were from that local area too, um, and we kind of identified with that. We knew some of those people, um, like Ed Van Imp. I mean, he was he used to go back to Saskatoon. You know, you got Schultze. Um, you, you know, there's there were quite a few guys from that team, Oris Kinderchuk, that were from that area too. So, kind of identified with that. We we, we watched him, but like as far as playing our hockey, when we played. You know, above like midget age is when you started getting to the point where, you know, you, the rules were then you could fight. Like, I I, I moved from a, a, a midget or a, it would have been, I think they call it midget that time. It was like 14, 15 years old. And I left the team and I went and played junior B. And there you could have like 20 or six 20 year olds. So when I was 15, 16 years old, I was playing against 20 year olds. It was a pretty big jump. Yeah. And those were all out rules. You could fight as much as you wanted to in that level. And so, you know, it was tough hockey, even playing at that age, 
So you learn that you you, you had to fight to survive sometimes because mm-hmm. other guys would take advantage of you. So as far as identifying with the toughness in that, I mean, when I came up, you know, you had to play that way. Otherwise, you know, people are going to kick your ass. So, you know, as far as that in that era, you know, everybody knew that you had to have toughness in your team. Otherwise, you're going to get run all over. Yeah, and as a young guy, too, they're they're going to put you to the test to go, okay, let's see what this young guy's got. If he's here, and we're going to treat him like, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm four, four years at that time older is a huge jump yeah. physically. Yeah. It was, you know, and I was, I was bigger then, but I was tall and lanky and, you know, I learned some lessons there yeah. and some good lessons. And, um, you know, it took it, it just made me a better player. And, you know, that's where you learn how to be, to toughen up. Either you're going to toughen up or you're not going to play. So, um, you know, as far as playing that hockey, at that time, me knowing what the identity of the Flyers were, I mean, we played that that kind of hockey when Junior B back when we were kids. So yeah. it was no different. We knew that you're going to have to be tough to play. Yeah, it wasn't like you had to learn an all-new game. That, that, that's one great thing about it. L- let me ask you about when you decided to, you know, when you retire, and it's difficult to retire, and it it feels like you're just like you're almost being reborn into a new life, a new body in a way. But when did you decide that you got to stay in the game and – that you can't leave the game because, and, and what was the reason to stay in the game? Because you've been in it since you've retired. Yeah, I don't think I really, um, well, I, I was assistant coach with the Flyers uh, for about a year and a half. And um, and then when uh, I made the coaching change uh, and Cashman left, and then, then I, I, I decided to leave the team there. And then I, um, I, I decided going to scouting after that, after the assistant coaching that I got, I left the Flyers in March of 98. And then I got in that fall with uh going with the Rangers and I started scouting something that I really liked, but time period from March until August, I had to ask myself what I wanted to do. Yeah, I want to do something different. And I really couldn't find anything else. I, I really love the game so much try to be as close as I can to it, but scouting kind of was better for my schedule and I can make my own schedule and come and go when I wanted to and go to the games I needed to go to and stuff like that. Um, it was just easier to make a schedule. And, and so um, as far as uh, I think everybody wants to be as close to the game as they can, but it, it has to suit your lifestyle too, but what you want to do. Like being a coach, you have to be there all the time. Put in fun yeah. hours. Not that I don't put in a lot of hours, but it's at different times, and I can kind of make my own schedule. So, the scouting just suits my schedule a lot better. Yeah, the the, the coaching thing is even more hours in per se than a player. You know, there's so much that goes into it, and it's it's a grind. Plus, that grind of the road, the way it is for players. Like you can make your schedule, you can go to city, you can make multi-purpose visits and stuff like that based on how you want to figure it out. Not by beholden to what the NHL schedule is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, coaching is a tough thing and, and you know, you have to every few years, sometimes you got to move when you're a coach because it changes so much. Um, Scouting. You you can be, you know, I've been very lucky to be with the Flyers for a long time. They've been so good to me. Um, and I've been able to be there for that many years. That's very unusual. How would you describe kind of the evolution of the young players and, and, you know, in scouting and, and looking at, you know, the talent that's in the game now and as it's kind of changed because, 
you know, since 2000, it's really been like a huge change in the way the game's played. There's so much skill. These kids have skills coaches at like 12 years old. They watch YouTube videos of guys doing these insane dangles, and then they go in their garage, they do it, and then they put it on the ice. But the game has changed so much. Now you got to answer for a clean hit sometimes in, in the open ice. You know, the physicality levels, if it's not the playoffs, is, is nowhere near what it once was. So what do you, how would you kind of describe the evolution of the game and, and where it's going? Um, well, I still think it's a great game. There's no doubt about it. Um, I wish that there was a little bit more, um, like, I don't like it when, when somebody takes a clean hit and then all of a sudden somebody wants to fight him for that. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't get that, but I do. I think if we had, I think if each team had, a, had an enforcer, I think they would cut out a lot of that stuff. Um, but we're not going back to that. I mean, they, they, I think they want to take a lot of the fighting out of the game so that they could put it on TV because a lot of it was violent. But um, I think there is a case for having that in the game um, so that some players aren't running around and taking advantage. Because some, some teams, I, I see it sometimes where, you know, one team doesn't have any toughness and other teams take advantage of them. I think you still have to have that to just have, just let the other team know that, hey, you can't, you're not going to do this to us. Yeah, if you're going to write a check, we may cash it. Yeah, it's like, it's always still part of the game. But um, I don't like the idea of, of you know, somebody making a, a clean hit on somebody and all of a sudden said, yeah, has to come in and fight them. But because that's all part of the game. I mean, yeah. A clean hit is part of the game, you know. Another thing I don't like about it is I think players have to take more responsibility for themselves in certain positions. But when somebody comes to hit you, you got to protect yourself. Don't let the guy hit you. Or if you're along the boards, protect yourself so that you don't get run in their head first or something like that. It's almost as if guys are trying to draw penalties that way and then they get hurt. And that they're relying on the referee to make the calls. I think you have to take some responsibility for yourself, protecting yourself. When you get around the boards, if somebody's taking a run at you, put your stick up at them, stop them. Don't let them do that to you. Yeah. And I think there would be less injuries in the game because of it. I think some guys leave themselves wide open and they don't think about protecting themselves when they should. Just protect yourselves. Forget about the puck. If somebody's going to try and run you over, it's time to forget about the puck and just take care of yourself. Yeah, have some self-awareness of what's about to come. Yeah. And, yeah. and unfortunately, Brownie, I think that like in youth levels, I mean, my son plays in, in, in Bantam. It was more physical than it is in Midget now because the rules keep changing. Every time you touch a kid, it's a penalty. Clean hits. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. We're, we're not playing badminton here. You're right. <laughs> That's yeah, it's not right, what's the game. They, they keep taking yeah. that. You take less and less. Pretty, pretty soon there'll be no hitting. Yeah. I mean, and that's – what is the, that's part of the game? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go watch the ice cascades if I want to see guys, you know, yeah. skate around on the ice and look good. But, you know, I think they're doing a disservice to those players later down the line, the ones that do go on and play at higher levels because they're going to get hurt because yeah. they're so used to not getting hit. Right. I think you should make hitting come into the game younger, to be honest with you, than older. And I think you really teach them how to hit and teach them how yep. to uh, uh, protect themselves around the boards. Yep. You know, I remember they used to have there was the players' association and the league used to send out things like showing you uh, how you're, uh, what kind of, um, just showing examples of how you're not supposed to hit somebody or how you're supposed to whatever. 
I wonder if they ever thought about sending around some things on how you should protect yourself. How to take a hit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably more important. How to take a hit is more important than how to deliver a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be better? I mean, then maybe the referees don't have to make so many calls. The referees have so much pressure on because now uh, the teams don't have any way to really uh, even out, like, Somebody does something to somebody, then the other team, you know, like before you had two enforcers. If there was a problem, you know what? You know, they would straighten it out and the, the referee didn't have to make the call. Yeah. Right? There's so point. much pressure on the referee to make the calls. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they're reviewed after every game, every call with the lead. It's blah, it's nauseating. Yeah, <laughs> like for instance, like let's say there's a clean hit on one one team. Okay, well, you know, and then, you know, somebody else is looking to hit somebody from the other team on the other way back. I mean, that's that's part of hockey. You know, I, I think they – I think the game would be better if they had, you know, a little more uh, um, of that on each team. I, I still do, but, um, you know, I – and, you, you know, you talk about the skill and stuff like that. I still love the game. I think the guys are getting bigger and, and more skilled, like you said. But there are some things I think they could clean up too. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, speaking of some toughness, your team uh, for the alumni game coming up on Monday night, uh, you are on Team Holmgren, that's, which is beautiful. And okay. you got Mellonby on that team. You got Lindros. You got LeClaire. You got a little size on that line, I'd say. <laughs> and then also uh, Todd Fedoric on your team as well. You got Dan McGillis back there on D, along with Darian Hatcher, Mark Allen, Joey Watson. Oh, wow. uh, what, what a squad you guys got, man. We got some, yeah, we got some experience here with Joe Watson. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, Joe doesn't need a microphone either. Everybody will be able to hear him in the I entire room. He's in, in the room. <laughs> What's it going to be like? I mean, this is quite the collection. Like, I just gave some of the guys that are on your team. I mean, on the on the opposition, on Team Talk, I mean, Danny Briere, Mike Knubel, Simone Gagne playing. Pelly Eklund is coming back to town. He's oh, playing oh. with Lindsey Carson and Prop. Donald oh. Rashier. Uh, oh. Reggie Leash, Riley Cote, Bundy's playing. I mean, wow. you guys got a squad. Wow. It should be fun. I mean, um, anytime you get a chance to play in these, I think now, now that I'm getting a little older now, that's I get a chance to play and I'm playing them just because uh, it's great to see the guys again, most of all, and it's for a good cause. And um, it's just fun to go out there and, and play again. You know, and, and be around all the guys and stuff like that. A lot yeah. of great stories. It's only happened so many times. And so uh, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. it it's going to be so much fun. Let me ask you about one person in particular that's going to be, uh, I guess, an associate coach on Team Tocket. That would be Iron Mike, Mike Keenan. What are your okay. memories of him? <laughs> uh, we have some great memories, you know. I mean, uh, we had so much success when we were together. Uh, those early years. I mean, I just wish, I, I wish, I mean, I, we all do that. We wish we could have finished it off in 87. We were so close and we just, just couldn't quite get over the top, but um, he, he was a tough coach. Yeah. He was a tough coach, but we won. So, you know what, that, that wipes away a lot of, a lot of the stuff that you might not like. Yeah. But, because winning, winning uh, makes you feel a whole lot better than losing. And uh, we won a lot. And that's the bottom line is we won. And uh, we had good teams, a lot of great memories because there's a lot of young guys there. Um, 
it was a it was a it was a great time as far as uh, teams that um, um, I think I learned the most from was probably those years and the two years that I spent in Edmonton. Yeah, you got your name engraved on the cup for those years in Edmonton. To go to Edmonton after our, you know so many years in a Flyers uniform, go out there for a couple, and then come back to the Flyers. How did that happen? Where you came back? Well, I was happy to come back. I mean, I was I was angry when I left, and then once I got settled in there, I realized in Edmonton, I realized you know what I had a chance to do. I had a chance yeah. to win the Stanley Cup. So and um, you know, and then coming back, I mean, I was drafted flyer. I'm always going to be a flyer. Not that I wasn't an Edmonton Oiler. I, I love my time when I was there. The guys were great. We had a great team. We were we were close, like the uh, first couple of years that I played with the Flyers. I thought those are two closest teams I think I ever played with. Where guys really were, we had a lot of fun together uh, on and off the ice. We were close teams. And so, um, but, um, you know, I was drafted a Flyer. And, um, uh, you know, it's like, that's home for me. That's my home. That's where it's I really, felt right. Yeah. Let me ask you, I love asking guys that played here uh, throughout their career and then decide to make this where they stay, where they put roots in post-playing. Because like you said, when you're a player, you could be traded, you could be going off to, to Edmonton, to San Jose, uh, to Minnesota, I mean, at the drop of a dime. You don't have that control. But when your career's over, you, re- you gain a little control on where you want to plant your roots and where you want to live. Why'd you choose here? Well, actually, <laughs> well, I didn't know you. My dad. <laughs> I I moved down to Richmond, Virginia, about six years ago, and that was uh, to be with now my wife Julie. But I mean, I still have a place down in North Wildwood. Have my condo down there. I mean, uh, South Jersey and Philly will always be my home. Um, I still go back often. I still have a lot of friends there. Um, I mean, it was, I was just there for so long. It was like, that's my home. That, that's my home. Um, like I said, I have a lot of friends. I always come back, do a lot of things around there. Um, it keeps pulling me back and I think it always will. Um, it's you great. Like it's there. where you grew up in a way. Yeah. I mean, I was there. I used to stay there over the summer's times, even when I was 19 years old, cause I wanted to try and make the team. So, you know, I was there from that time on. So I, I lived in Philadelphia more than or longer than I ever lived back in Saskatoon or anywhere else. So that's home for me. Last question for you. If you were to go through your dresser drawers and your T-shirts, would you find a Bruce Brothers T-shirt in any of those drawers? Um, I think I have one packed away somewhere, but I think I got one upstairs too. So Marsh, I think Marshy had some made up a little while ago. And you and Daryl Stanley? Yeah. Yeah, same. <laughs> I, I was going through a box of like old stuff that from when my when my mom passed away, looking through old boxes and I found pictures. And there's a picture of me. I think I was in about ninth grade. And I'm standing there, first of all, in a pair of shorts that were way too small. And <laughs> and I have a white Bruce Brothers shirt on. I'll have to send you a picture of it. It was a great yeah, shirt, right? man. It was. I don't know why they stopped selling them because they I think they sold them out like two nights in a row and then they just stopped selling them. I think I got mine in like a, a, a spectrum pop-up store in a mall. Remember they oh, had yeah. those? Yeah, sure. The flyers yeah. pop-up stores, like at like 
the granite run mall or something i got one yeah, so. <laughs> yeah but they and they didn't have like sell a lot of stuff like that back then but no i don't know why we didn't keep on selling them yeah well, you should bring them back and get a royalty on that, frankly. Yeah, yeah, I missed out on that. <laughs> well, then they did give us something for it. Oh, did that? Good. I think they did, yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, retro is always in. So bring yeah. those back. Yeah. Maybe. Bring them back sometime. Yeah, right on eBay and maybe <laughs> killing. Uh, Brian, I can't wait to watch you play on Monday night. Uh, I thank you so much for your time and I really appreciate it. Uh, it's going to be a thrill to watch you and, and so many of the the players that we grew up watching and through the years and all those great flyer teams, it's going to be exciting. And I thank you for doing this and I hope that you, you know, you stay well and everything's great with you. Oh, I appreciate it, Jason. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. The opposition teams always had to know when Dave Brown was on the ice, he could get the mitts off and chuck them. And uh, we appreciate him joining us. It'll be incredible to see all these guys on the ice come Monday night for the alumni game. It's going to be a blast. But everybody, thanks for listening. Flyers Canes tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow. We'll also preview Flyers Stars tomorrow. So have a great Friday. Kick off your weekend right. Hopefully the Flyers kick it off tonight. Bounce back win over the Canes. And we'll talk to you on tomorrow's brand new Flyers Daily. Worries are wasted by